Welcome to Orlando. Thank you. It's good to be back, baby. Yeah, I guess I should say welcome back. Yeah, I've been here before. Once or twice. I've here been in the past. Yep. Yeah, the move went move went really well. Loving the new place so far. You know what was the funniest thing to me about your new place is that hmm. when I when I looked in your kitchen, you already had like a whole rack or shelf filled with like spices and condiment. Like it was already put away. I just thought that was funny. I don't know if it's like it was just funny to me that you that you'd already done something so small. Right, right. Because I, I mean, I was, I saw, I was there the day, a day or two after you moved, and already, oh, all your spices are in their place. <laughs> They're already in the spot. Yeah, everything, everything's out of a box. There's no boxes anymore. That's great. Yeah, you're you're box city over where you're at. You're gonna have stuff in boxes till you move again, right? But intentionally. Um. No, I mean, well, oh, oh, I guess me, I guess yeah, I do because I took. I think I had a total of 10 boxes when I moved. 10 boxes and then like furniture and stuff. And I think nine of them are all just sitting in my closet, all still packed up and everything. So Nice. Yeah, you'll just go to them when you need something from them. Yeah, the only one that's un- that's been sort of unpacked, mostly unpacked, is full of tech and stuff. You know, Xboxes right. and Playstations and I guess just one Xbox and one Playstation, but... Yeah, all all sorts of Xboxes. The Wii and everything. Yep, I got that all set up. So that was a whole that was a whole project that took me a day. Cuz I was you know, my Wii is like modded, you know? So I had <laughs> right, the modded Wii. Right, so I had to I had to like rig it to work with a PlayStation controller and it was a pain in the ass cuz it was like the buttons weren't right. It was a whole thing where I couldn't get the buttons to work. It was like it was like the button that should have been X was mapped to circle and vice versa and it was it was just like that's not the right placement for those buttons, you know? Yeah, that's no good. So that was a huge pain in the ass that I I I that was one of those things that's like it's such an obscure problem. Like I'm using a PlayStation controller on a modded Wii to try to play a GameCube game. Like every part about it. How do you it, Google that? Right. It was. It was. You know. I eventually found the answer on like someone had uploaded a video to YouTube that had like you know 700 views of like here's how to do it, but then the entire video was in Spanish. And oh great! Someone in comments had like put like this is the answer. That's so incredible. it was like, yeah, yeah, you would not believe the the journey I went on to find to find that answer, and it ended up being like, oh, just change some numbers in a text file and re-upload the text file to the to the or re-put the put the replace the text file on that's on the disk that the Wii is pulling from. Yeah, it's not know. bad. No, no, that's right, that's right. It was it was that step, and then the second step that I also had difficulty with was like, which folder do I put the Con- the controller fig- configuration file. What folder do I put that? There's like nine different folders, and I couldn't. And I was putting it in all sorts of places. And I, eventually, I figured it out. I don't remember what the answer was. So I'm just hoping it never breaks. Yeah, fingers crossed. You don't have to start that all over again. I feel like I feel like whenever you go down the rabbit hole of like I'm gonna mod this thing or I'm gonna jailbreak a device or I'm gonna do something weird. It's not like 
I think a lot of those sorts of projects for me come down to, I just hope it never breaks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so how are you? Doing well. Enjoying the new place. It's, it's funny getting getting adjusted to a new place. It's been a while. So just figuring out where all the light switches are. And I, I, cook, I cook a meal that I make all the time at my old place and I'm cooking the exact same thing, but it's different this time because the sink's in a different spot. The stove heats up at a different temperature. You know, it's just these tiny little adjustments that I'm getting used to again, which is a fun game. But overall, I'm enjoying the place a lot. It's really nice. Lots of space and got a lot of, got a lot of plans to, to upgrade it. And uh, I'll, put, I'll put my desk in my soon-to-be office and then I'll have... Uh, work on one screen and then i'll have my pc on the other side it's gonna be great there you go sounds sounds like a plan my man what are we talking about tonight well we got a couple options here or we could go right to the main topic let's let's do one of these mine eyes (laughs) we got a mine eye topic (laughs) all right which which one are you feeling uh Let's do 12 Hollywood insiders reveal who's really winning the streaming wars. Okay, I didn't I wasn't I wasn't trying to signal you when I highlighted it in the doc. I just No, I know. I okay. know. Okay. I was more interested anyways. Okay, I'm just making sure. Okay, so yeah, so this is an article. This is a, a piece in Vulture from a month ago that I I think I sort of saw it go by and I was like, "Oh, I, I want to read that." And then uh they talked about it on Upgrade a week or two ago. And so this is they upstream. List, yeah, it was I think it was sort of part of upstream, um, but the, it basically they they this uh, p- reporter or writer for Vulture reached out to Hollywood insiders, like you know, like um, people who like run studios and like big directors, like like you know people who work in Hollywood like that, you know, producers and. Uh, Wall Street analysts, agents, uh, people like that, and mm-hmm. just sort of interviewed people and sort of asked people about the different streaming services. And he had like a like a, a point system, like a ranking system to get for that was the kind of the scale that was used. And and he came up with this list of like the seven streaming services. There there are a couple that um, aren't on here just because the the rule was like. You have to have been a streaming service for at least a year. <laughs> gotcha. So number seven. Where's Quibi on this list? Yeah, that doesn't exist anymore. So <laughs> it it did not exist for a year and it doesn't exist anymore. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Otherwise it would have been number 100. <laughs> um, so I just, I just thought this was interesting. So like number seven, do you want to, do you want to guess at maybe what was the, what was the bottom of the list at number seven? Hmm, let's see. Let me let me think of seven streaming services first. <laughs> I I guess I'll start with Paramount Plus. Doesn't count cuz it hasn't No, been that's a, yeah, it's not a year. Less than a year. year. Uh, then I'll go with ESPN Plus. <laughs> I have no idea. Kind of forgot I kind of forgot about ESPN Plus. Yeah, that's not on the list. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> All right. I'm having I got like the top bona fide five, and then after that, the, these six, seven and six, I don't really have a good guess for. All right, so number seven is Peacock. Oh, okay. 
Did you forget yeah, about that one? About right. Yeah, that's not in my five. <laughs> um, and some of the comments were funny. Uh, someone said, someone lend these people some money so they at least pretend to be contenders. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which makes sense. I mean, this is, you know, someone else says, Peacock is a non-factor for me and my clients and just the business. Um, poor Peacock. You've got some amazing IP, but you're a mess. <laughs> Uh, the other interesting thing is that someone said selling to them is equally irritating. So this, hmm. is, this is like a producer, you know, and who just says there's there's so many people deciding if if you're, you know, if you try to pitch a, a show. The thing is, there's he say, he says there's a handful of gatekeepers who are deciding if your pitch belongs at NBC broadcast or the fifteen thousand other NBCU outlets. Jesus, that sounds <laughs> awful. You know, so. Um, you know, there's Mike Schur and Tina Fey, but who else is really a standout for, for Peacock? Um, Why are people saying it's shitty? I, I never found the app interface bad or anything. It just has ads. And I think no one just knows what it is. Maybe that's what they mean. Yeah, well, I, th- I think what they're saying is like, you know, they're talking about like they're not spending money on anything. Like someone says they have amazing IP, but they're not using it. You know, they're like, what is their strategy here? You know what I mean? Like that's that's what they're getting at, is mm-hmm. you know. And the other thing is like they're they're so late to this game that if you're gonna be late, you got to bring your A game, and they're yeah. sort of not. You know, I mean, what is on Peacock? I don't I don't hear anyone talking about about anything that's on Peacock. No, there's no good originals. No one's talking about them at least. Right. I mean, you know, the only thing they have going for them is they have sort of a back catalog with like office and parks and stuff. But is that is that appealing to people to go out and get peak? You know what I mean? Like it's free, though. I don't I I guess that's when I talk to people, they don't even know that the office is on there and they don't know that it's free, too. But the office is only free for the first two seasons, right? Oh, is it? I don't know. See, that's Still. that's what I mean. Well, I mean, you're you're right that yes, it is free. But again, these people are looking at it as like from a financial perspective, from a business perspective, not as the consumer. They're looking at it from the like the business angle of like what what is the value of this? What like what is the strategy here? Mm-hmm, that's yeah. why I think this article is interesting because it's not from a consumer's point of view. It's not people like you and I looking at it as like, well, what do you have to offer me? It's it's right. people who are like thinking like that. Exactly, it's like Wall Street analysts and stuff. You know what I mean? Um, so the, so yeah, Peacock was number six. Number seven. I, I mean, sorry, you're right. Peacock was number seven. I number a, six. I'll, I'll give a guess for six. Go ahead. Apple TV Plus. No, actually. Hmm. They have number six at Hulu. Re- oh wow! Because that, the, that was one of my five. The argument basically is. Why does Disney need two streaming services? <laughs> because you don't want to put Always Sunny on Disney Plus. But if you look at like what they've done with Star, which I don't think you're familiar with Star as a streaming service. Not really. Because it's international. It's not for us Americans. Um, but basically, Star was like the streaming service that Disney owned for international products. And like, because Hulu is not international, it's basically basically u.s only so what does disney do with all their properties that would be on hulu but the hulu is not international well they have them in star and and disney plus in other countries has a star tab sort of like how we you know there's like marvel and star wars and pixar they hit there's star and when you go to star it has like an age gate on it and that's where they put all the other 
catalogs of content like Always Sunny and, you know, what we do in the shadows is probably on it, like things like that. Um, it's hidden behind that that tab with inside Disney Plus. And so the argument that basically everyone is kind of making here is like, there's no reason for Disney to have two streaming services. Eventually, this like Hulu should just be like a tab that gets folded into Disney Plus, and just it's just it should just be all in one place because it's a little bit right. confusing right now. That's a decent point. Let me see. And someone else says, you know, just not a lot of buzz and a lack of new content. You know, which is a decent a decent point. I mean, what on there is like Hulu exclusive? There's like there's not like they've had a few sort of hits like Devs was a big thing you know um i think handmaid's tale handmaid's tale that was that was big but then also the other weird thing is that inside hulu is a section a section or a special category called fx on hulu which is like its own category inside it but it's like i don't understand why fx just take a show and make it a hulu original why does it have to be an fx on hulu original yeah, that makes no sense you know someone someone said someone tell Landgraf the uh FX Network's chair, John Landgraf. Someone says, tell Landgraf to quit trying to make FX on Hulu happen. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then someone else points out, like, there's internal drama between, like, Searchlight, which was, you know, Fox, and then Disney, and then who, like, there's internal drama between, like, all these different subsidiaries of Disney, and it's like, just put it all in one place. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, really. (laughs) Um. So that was so Hulu's number six. Number five is Apple TV Plus. There we go. Okay, my list is coming into shape now. Exactly. Um, and the reason the reason some of these people gave the some of these Hollywood insiders gave for this is they they were saying uh, I like I really like this one quote that says they're one massive hit away from becoming real, which I mm-hmm. think is probably true. I mean Ted Lasso is a good first step. But they have to do. They have to show that they keep having hits. You know. Yeah, they they need a big drama or something. Right, right. Um, someone else says Apple TV Plus is dollar for dollar the most impressive content slate since since launch, which makes mm, sense because wow. it's only five bucks a month, and a lot of people yeah. get it for free because they bought an iPhone. You know. Um, I think a couple people pointed out that they're sort of trying to become like the HBO of streaming. Which I think makes sense because they don't have a back catalog. It's all originals. And, right. that, you know, now that HBO has sort of been folded into the Warner Brothers streaming service and it's all called HBO Max. And now they're, you know, now last week tonight is sitting next to Friends, which is sitting next to French Fresh Brands, which is sitting next to Sopranos, sitting next to, you know, uh, uh, Bazinga. <laughs> B- bottom meets Bing meets Bang. Hey, well, exactly. It's just it's it's now HBO is sort of or Warner has sort of become a bit of a mess, but um, you know so so now that leaves that leaves this sort of void open for like can there be a streaming service that is one hundred percent originals or or ninety five percent originals maybe, and that, mm-hmm. that's what that's what Apple's trying to do. So so the general con- the general feeling on Apple TV Plus is like, you know, optimistic like they're not really a big major player yet but they could be and they're interesting and keep watching them you know mm-hmm. yeah that'll be a fun one to follow um you got any guesses for number four i i it's it's close between my four and three picks but i think i'm gonna go hbo max here uh try try your other pick <laughs> 
Prime? Yeah, Amazon Prime Video. Here we go. Um, it, the interesting thing, uh, well, first of all, a couple of people have mentioned that um, they should be spending more money. They 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 are not they, like they have a they have had a few a couple of big hits, you know, like the boys Invincible are pretty good, but they don't have anything huge major they've had a few things here and there um uh someone someone says one studio executive said they're a pain in the ass to deal with and it's and it takes them forever to make a a decision and it's hard to sell a show Hmm. um and that sort of leads into there was a story like a month ago i don't know if you heard of this about jeff bezos getting involved in the like the studio decisions of amazon prime video Really? Like wow. he had like a list of like of like here's all you need to make a good show. Like just I I can figure it out. Why, you know. <laughs> never knows. never a good sign when the when the executive no. starts coming in with I know how to make it. You know, and his and his list was hilarious. It, this was like a a leak or something that it came out in some oh, book I would or something. Love to see this. Um Yeah, I wonder if I can find the actual list of like um Jeff Jeffrey Bezos Bezos <laughs> Okay, so this is Jeff Bezos' twelve-step guide to making iconic TV. Mm-hmm. Okay, so number one, <laughs> that, that headline just hit me. <laughs> That's so fucking funny. It's, it's fucking crazy. So, um, oh, I'm oh I'm reading this on WinterIsComing.net. Interesting. Okay, of course. So, of course. so yeah. So this is this is from a, a new book that that comes out that has I guess just come out called Amazon Unbound: Jeff Bezos and the Invention of a Global Empire. So this is Jeff's <laughs> Jeffrey's twelve steps to make a, an iconic TV show. Um, he well, he said, "I know what it takes to make a great show. This should not be that hard. All these iconic shows have basic things in common." And then he listed, "quote off the top of his head, a list of He's things." He's just like a computer, <laughs> right? <laughs> they, have, they have these twelve traits in common, right? So number one, a heroic protagonist who experiences growth <laughs> and change. <laughs> Number You're two, so brave, Jeffrey. Number two, a compelling antagonist. Really breaking the mold here. This is re- <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is I've never heard this before. Number three, wish fulfillment. The protagonist has abilities like powers or magic. Uh, okay, you got to have moral choices. You got to have diverse world building, urgency to watch the next episode, civilizational high stakes, uh, a global threat to humanity like an alien invasion or a pandemic. You gotta have humor. You gotta have betrayal. These next two are great. Number ten and eleven. You gotta have positive emotions, and you gotta have negative emotions. <laughs> and number twelve, <laughs> violence. Wow. So, yes, yeah, so, regular Bill Shakespeare over here. <laughs> <laughs> Title. That's amazing. Um, yeah. So that's that's probably why there's some studio executives who are like i don't want to work with amazon you know they have they have a good catalog and they've had some hits and uh you know the the them buying mgm is interesting because that's like that's like okay so maybe they are willing to spend money and and you know they spent like a billion dollars or whatever on lord of the Rings. so it's one of those things where like they have huge potential because they are because it's one they're also one of those services that like everyone or a lot of people kind of have because people have Amazon Prime and exactly. they forget that video comes with it. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, the reason I, I picked them over HBO Max is my guess for number three is because they have that Lord of the Rings thing coming. And I remember a headline from a few years ago, probably like two years ago, that Jeff said he wanted to have the next Game of Thrones, which I think the Lord of the Rings show easily could be, but jury's still out on that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, this is one studio exec says, when you have that much money, if you want to compete with Netflix and Disney, you can do it. Um, so yeah, gen- just sort of a general theme of like, they're not spending enough money on their stuff, but they could. They could. Why, why aren't they? Mm-hmm. Uh, so number three, HBO Max. Um, someone said HBO used to be the creme de la creme. Uh, now that brand is slightly tainted because HBO Max is more about volume. It's not as niche. It's not as cool, which I think is a hmm. good way to sum it up. Like there's, you know, it's it's become more. We have something for everybody, and when you have something for everybody, you know, it's not cool anymore. HBO used to be cool, you know. That's sort of the the feeling, right? That's yeah, a decent point. My, I don't know. My reaction to that is sort of just like, who cares? As long as the cool stuff is still there, which. I don't think it I don't think cool stuff is disappearing, but I could be wrong. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um let's see. Yeah, some 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 people say, you know, uh they're the first streamer I check for new shows even before Netflix. Some people say, you know, um HBO Max has done a good job with some of their originals, Flight Attendant and Hacks, Mayor of Easttown. Uh well, Mayor of Easttown was was just regular HBO. Um but you know, the 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 brand recognition and then hbo name kind of carries over that that the hbo name is still really important to talent you know people in the industry you know want to work with hbo even though maybe it's not quite as cool as it used to be now that it's now that chandler bing is on there along with (laughs) sheldon (laughs) yeah they're both cool give me a break (laughs) um yeah so that's so that's hbo max Number two, I think you know. I'll go DC Universe. <laughs> That's still a thing, isn't it? No. No, that got folded so. into HBO Max. You know, I'm tough on number two. I'm going to go Netflix. No. Really? Hmm. It's it's Disney+. Right. Plus. The reason I, said Dis- I, I thought Disney Plus would be number one was because... Because when I see the streaming numbers, it seems like they're just breaking records with every new show in terms of weekly streams and stuff like that. Yeah, and I and I think that's why they're number two. Um, I mean, you know, one one person said they're the most important streamer right now and in the future. Uh, look, just look at the success rate of their shows. You know, um, studio executives saying you know they they have phenomenal IP and they're. And they're putting money into it, and they're you know, mm-hmm. and they're putting it out yeah. there, um, you know, and they they have huge brand recognition and 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 IP that people like, and they're they're spending money on. They are real competitors. Someone else said uh, the the they're the most impressive recent launch. I mean, it goes goes back to what I said earlier. Like, you know, as, as people were putting down Peacock is like, well, they're sort of late to this game, and they have nothing to show for it. Whereas mm-hmm. Disney Plus showed up a little bit late but they have just knocked it out of the park they've been crushing oh, yeah. it basically since day one um 
and I, I love I love this one. I love this one line. Someone said, "Bet against Star Wars and Marvel at your own risk." <laughs> that's a that's a great point. <laughs> Just totally no sums up. Yeah, and so so I think Disney Plus is a very very strong number two. Uh, just because you know they showed up late but they but they brought their a game they have brands people love and they're spending tons of money on it and the quality of their shows overall i think has been pretty good oh yeah so number one obviously netflix mm-hmm. why <laughs> well I, to me this makes sense because i've i've said for a few years now there is no such thing as a Netflix competitor because Netflix is the default streaming service. You know, everybody right. has you, – you, you, you're going to be pretty safe to assume that most people you talk to have Netflix. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, most people have two or three streaming services. You can be pretty sure that one of them is Netflix. So the reason I've, I've said there's no such thing as a Netflix competitor is because – no, no one's competing with Netflix to be number one. Everyone's competing to be second place to Netflix. Everyone, you know, Netflix is just assumed everyone has it, and then it's like, well, what's the service that you're going to get after Netflix? You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, now again, Disney Plus has given them a run for their money, um, th- but this th- there's a downside to that too. I mean. I think there, you know, there's these talks now that, you know, or I think they announced that they're going getting into video games. Yeah, you know, I saw that. Because I think they're they've run out of people to sell Netflix to and they sort of have maybe been I think losing subscribers a little bit too. Um and the problem with being like number 1 is the studio exec says they've done such a good job of becoming the Kleenex of TV which is a good and a bad thing, right? I mean, the fact that, like, Netflix and chill is, like, a common phrase, like, that's Mm -hmm. good, but also it's almost become, like, generic. You know, it's like, well, I don't want to be on the generic streaming service. Do you know what I mean? Right, right. Because especially especially today, it feels like they... All all the originals are, like, a B-tier show, you know? They're They're not the ones that everyone's talking about as much anymore feel like everything big is happening on disney plus or hbo right i mean they, they they still they still get them they still get their big hits but it feels less frequent than it used to be right um and and the other thing is like uh netflix i think in recent years doesn't do a, a ton of great marketing for their shows i mean there, oh, yeah. you know i mean there have been times where a new season of something comes out and i just completely miss it you know right and I think Mind Hunters. Yeah, I, I, I never I never saw season two because it was like I heard about it for like a day and a half, and I was like, oh, I have to get to that. And then they just stopped showing it on the Netflix homepage. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they, they announced they released a trailer two weeks before the show came out, basically, and then promoted it for the week it was out, and that was it. Right, and I think there's you know one one agent says I think there's a backlash starting against Netflix, um, and, and I think part of that is like. If if why would you make a deal with Netflix if they're not going to promote your show? Like it, mm-hmm. I mean, in in some ways, if you're talent or if you're a director or a writer and you want, you want to take something to a streaming service, you know, in some ways, Netflix is your first choice, but they're also your last choice because it's like, well, do I want to 
get into business with someone who's not even going to promote my thing or they'll promote it for a week. Whereas I could go to Amazon Prime maybe and yeah, they're not as not quite as big, but they have less content so they're going to promote the hell out of it. Mm-hmm. And I and so I, I think it's um I think it's interesting to I think Netflix is in a very interesting point of view because it is in a very interesting position because they have been number one for so long and they have been so dominant that you know I mean they were like a decade ahead of everybody and and yet and they're still number one and it's still safe to assume everyone has it but it, it'll be interesting to see it does kind of feel like maybe things are changing a little bit it'll be interesting to see what happens to netflix in the next five years i just think mm-hmm. it's interesting yeah i i think they're especially interesting because it seems like so many of the streaming services today are adopting this one episode a week model and they've I don't think there's any way they would go to that. I mean, maybe for they've done that a little bit with reality TV, but I don't. I feel like I don't see them doing that with something like Stranger Things, you know, where they just drop it week by week. But I, th- I think I think the week to week is a better business model if the show is good. <laughs> well, that's that's exactly. I mean, you've hit uh, you've hit the nail on the head there. I mean, someone someone pointed this out with uh, the with Disney Plus, where someone said, you know, they were. Someone said that Disney Plus was really smart to not go the way of Netflix, all the episodes at once, because now Disney Plus dominates the conversation every mm-hmm. single week with their shows. It, however long, however many weeks or episodes the show is, you get that many weeks of like promotion and talking about it, as opposed to Netflix where you get a week of promotion and then the whole thing gets dropped and then they stop advertising for you. I yeah. mean – you know, on the other hand, Netflix green lights a lot of things. <laughs> yeah, so it's everything. like, you know, and pe- and people say like they're good to work with, like they're will they're willing to spend money, the budgets are good, the executives are easy to get along with. You know, like there's nothing wrong with Netflix, you know. So but it, it there is there is uh, uh some pros and cons there. It's not it's not all upside anymore. It's just interesting. Mhm. Yeah, they should re- they should redo this list in five years. Then we'll see who's number one. I bet it's Disney. Yeah, I I, I kind of would not be surprised, um, especially with all with all the content they have lined up. I mean, what was it six months ago? Well, maybe maybe seven months ago when they had their investors meeting something and they announced yeah. all that content that that was coming over the next several years. I mean, that oh, was yeah, just it was unbelievable. Yeah exactly the word i was going to use <laughs> yeah i mean disney plus was weird for a little while the first year it was out it sort of felt like there was nothing but the mandalorian to watch like that was the only thing to really grab people and keep people there mm-hmm. and that was done in two months and then we had to wait for the season two of that but then now that all the marvel stuff is dropping at the same time as new star wars stuff it's just a year-round thing you need to have this streaming service Right, right. Yeah, I think I think um Disney Plus was a little bit they kind of got a little bit screwed because they launched at the end of 2019 and they they had ideas for all this stuff that was going to come in 2020 and then you know the pandemic happened and and a lot of that got pushed down the road. So right. there was there was a much there was always going to be a little bit of a time period where it was like, oh, they're still getting up and running. Um, but that that time period ended up being longer than expected because of because of COVID. Um, mm-hmm. 
So they, you know, they had a bit of a setback. And even even with that that setback, they've just in the last six months just gone gone crazy, and they're and they're back on schedule, and they got everything up and running again. And uh, yeah, look at that, they're number two. I mean, so anyway, I thought that was a pretty good list. Um, I mean, I, I I think I would only move a, a couple things around, maybe you know. Uh, mm-hmm. I, thought, I thought it was I thought it was really good. Yeah, that was interesting. I got the general tiers right. Like I, I knew what right. one and two, three and four, and five and six would be, but right. I got them out of order. Right. Um, yeah. So, and, and and it was it was a little more complicated. And there was like a whole point system, I think, involved that they didn't write about. But, um, right. but yeah, no, it was it was it was interesting. So I just I thought I'd bring that up. I thought I'd mention it because we always talk about the streaming wars and streaming services, yeah. and it's a it's a topic that both of us are interested in. So oh, yeah. I thought that I'm was fascinated. I thought that was a different. Uh, I thought it was interesting because it was a different perspective on it, rather than look at it as a consumer, look at it as you know the the the, the business people. How did how did they see it? How did how did they rank these things? So yeah, that was, yeah. was interesting. I rarely think about it through that lens. Yeah. What else is going on? Well, I just finished right before we we started talking. I just finished uh, assembled. The, the Marvel Studios show where they do the behind the scenes making of mm-hmm. uh, and I watched the latest episode which was about Loki and I gotta say I think I I, I think that might be the best episode of, of Assembled really because yeah it almost it almost feels like I don't know if it was just unique to, to Loki but it almost feels like oh this is done in a little bit different style and I thought it was a little bit better than the other hmm. two um, is Owen like, Wilson funny in it yeah of course he is he's Owen Wilson Okay, um, I'll watch it then. <laughs> yeah, it's only an hour, and it's like, and there's like, there's like voiceover, like narration from Tom Hiddleston talking about time and what that means, and it's that's so cool. It was, it was like, oh, this is this is pretty cool. This is good. So he loves this character. He does. Yeah, he he was talking about how he he got cast when he was 29 years old, and now he's 40. <laughs> crazy, <That's> crazy. <laughs> Good for him. Yeah. So, anyway, I yeah, I thought um, I thought that show was pretty good. Yeah, I was a big fan of it. All right, so that's our review. <laughs> Guess I'll talk to you later. <laughs> All right, good episode. Um, yeah. So we're gonna so we're gonna do another uh sp- spoiler slot. Try right? it again. Spoiler spoiler slot. Something like that. I think I think that's what we call it. Because um, last week we had, um, you keep saying last week. What do you mean? Last episode, two weeks ago. Okay, you know I've been doing this like the entire time we've been doing this podcast. <laughs> I guess like, I've just noticed it recently. Yeah, I, I do this every episode. <laughs> I've been doing this the whole show. Is I always say last week and next week, and it's <laughs> just like whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> I, I like to be correct though. Okay, that's that's less important to me for for this for for the podcast. Wow, <laughs> that's surprising. Surprising <laughs> to hear from you. Well, look, look, this little thing that we do, we're just we're just having fun. Why take uh-huh. it so seriously? Why does everything need to be a hundred percent accurate, Mister Nerd Pants? Well, technically, it was two weeks ago, <laughs> Professor Frank. Now I sound like the loser. Jeez. <laughs> Um, yeah, so last week we did, um, 
what 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 was what what do we call this what do we call this segment um movies with matt yeah that's it yeah and this week we're doing tv with ty <laughs> sure ty, ty tyler on tv i don't know ty goes to the theater no but we did but this was tv this is a television show it's a tv show i'm just thinking the next time it's a movie but yeah no 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 when we do movies it's it's movies with matt and when we do television it's <laughs> this is this is me artificially creating segments. Is that, is that no? Okay? I like that. I like segments. We need <laughs> we need segment names on this show. Yeah, we need segment names and we need corners. Yeah, yeah we need. What, yeah, what's going on with that? We don't have any corners. This sucks. <laughs> I'm living in a fucking circle. Right. right. I don't. I don't. I don't want to live in a circle. <laughs> I don't want to be a pirate. We we rewatched that episode, or at least I did a few weeks ago. That's for, it's such a it's such a good one. Yeah, yeah I don't know what you're saying. I agreed to wear that. On t- <laughs> Can you hear her say it in the episode at all? Can you? If you I, crank if you crank up the volume. What are you are you asking me? or Are you telling me this is a fact? Yeah, are you? I'm asking you. Oh, I have no idea. A, I, I I remember the first time I ever watched that episode. My mom cranks the volume to see if she could hear what she had to say and i think you can barely barely hear it but i don't remember i i would not be surprised if um not only is the actress speaking very softly but maybe they turn her down like in post-production or something you know what i mean like i would not be surprised if they're doing something to make sure there's no way anyone (laughs) right right that's what everyone's gonna do everyone's gonna crank the volume Although, were they thinking about it that that in depth in 1994? You know what I mean? Like it wasn't like you could rewind. Yeah, yeah, that's true. We're talking about Seinfeld, just for anyone who's lost. <laughs> it's true. It's just it's just so natural to me. I don't even need to explain <laughs> that, it. That was what was so funny about about when I when I came over the other day, and it was like I would think I was in your new new place for about. Eight and a half seconds, and we were, we started going into Seinfeld bits. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just so easy. It, I, and, the, and there's something something every day that happens in my life reminds me of Seinfeld. Right, me too. <laughs> oh, I got a whole I got a whole thing that I'm dealing with. That oh boy, it feels like could be. It feels like it could be a Seinfeld episode, but it, I. Oh. It's one of those things that like I'm still in the middle of it, so I feel like it's wrong to tell the story. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'll, I'll wait till the conclusion. <laughs> the epic conclusion. Yeah, exactly. Go to jail. So we're talking Loki. <laughs> yep, TV with Tyler. <laughs> um, opening statements? Any, any, any opening statements? I thought this was probably the best uh, Marvel thing that's come out uh, since Endgame. Yeah, I would. I would think I would definitely agree with that. I think it's the best Marvel TV show. I think it has the best episode of Marvel TV. I really enjoyed it. Loved the cast. I loved. I loved how weird it was. I loved the time travel. I just pretty much loved everything about it. I didn't didn't really have many complaints until the end. But even then, I've sort of come around on what I was upset about. But. <laughs> overall was really happy with it it was just as weird and wacky as i was hoping it would be 
Yeah, I think I, I think I agree. I think I was. Um, I don't know if uh, surprise is the right right word, but but impressed that they were able to like make it this fun and uh, yeah. and interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, it's I, an ambitious show. It is. It really is. Um, and I, and I thought it worked like as a TV series. Like that. That's that's the thing I loved about it is like like WandaVision and Falcon and Winter Soldier sort of felt like these are TV series that are sort of being made kind of to tell their own story, but also kind of because we got to set some stuff up for later. Whereas this does set stuff up for later, but it didn't really feel like it to me. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it, it was, it was like, even, even in the early episodes where they're explaining the timelines and the TVA and Owen Wilson's talking about how the rules and how things work, you know, it was, it was like intellectually, I, I know that, that this seems like it's all going to be important for later in the show and later in the whole universe, but the way they're doing it, it's, it doesn't feel like I have to care about it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like it, like it's di- it's so different from like want. Maybe it's just people's expectations have been calibrated. Maybe I'm just reading less on the internet. But I remember like Wandavision, like one character like offhandedly mentioned like I know a physicist or something, and everyone was like, "Here comes Krasinski! Like he's coming!" <laughs> right, right. You know what right. I mean? And- <laughs> that was insane. <laughs> And now they're like talking about like the timekeepers and like the multiverse sort of and the timelines and the variant. And I'm like, and I'm sitting here and I'm like, ah, this is just fun. We're just having fun. This isn't important. This isn't going to come back later. We're just going through the show. Like yeah, it was, it yeah, was a exactly. different, it was a different sort of, sort of feeling. It was almost more like it, it did feel more like I'm just watching a TV show. I'm not watching just another piece of a puzzle of a larger cinematic whatever that i'm gonna have to keep track of all this shit later you know what i mean yeah i i don't know off the top of my head i would say the reason for that is maybe that we get very invested in loki's story and his own individual journey throughout the show that we didn't care as much as about what this was setting up and by the by the end we realized it was setting up something huge but until then we were just happy to be on the ride and i, I think that was true for the other marvel shows but not to this degree yeah yeah i think i think so i mean um that's that's a good way to put it it's like we were so caught up in loki and what's going on with him that it was it was almost like well the the details and the universe building that's kind of taking a back seat because i'm so invested in what's going on here with with the, with yeah. the main character mm-hmm. um which is also such a cool thing to take loki and make him the protagonist um i know i know the 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 best thing i heard about the best description of the show uh i, for, I forget i forget who said this but but someone pointed out like when you have a character like loki who is you know the god of mischief the trickster you know, he's always trying to pull one over on somebody. He's always, you know, he's a liar. He's, he just causes problems and causes chaos and you, you can't really trust him. You know what I mean? Um, how do you take a character like that and make him like the protagonist, make him the hero? Like, how do you, how do you do that? Cause yeah, he, that's tough. Right. So, and, and the brilliant thing about this show is that you take someone who is a trickster and a liar 
and you place him in a world where the whole world is a trick and a lie. And then when everything around him is 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 a lie, Loki becomes like the truth seeker. He's like the one who wants to get to the bottom of what's really going on, you know, which is such a cool sort of inversion of what his character normally is. Normally, he's the one sort of causing trouble who who wants to deceive people, who wants to trick people. But when he's the one being deceived and then the world around him is tricking him, he's like, absolutely not. I I cannot stand for this. I'm not going to deal with this. What's what's really going on here? I got to figure this out. Yeah, because he's the one who has to be in control can't trick the god of mischief he has to be the one tricking people right you know it's like that scene where he looks at some rocks and he's and then he looks around at the tva and he's like oh is this the ultimate power is this really what i should (laughs) you know so it's just the greatest power in the universe that's the line that's right yeah so um i thought yeah i thought it was a very good very clever uh show um really like yeah probably probably the best thing that marvel's put out probably the best of the three shows um Better than Black Widow, I would say. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> easily. And it's one of those things where I was thinking about this too, because like there were there were parts of WandaVision that I absolutely loved because I just I loved all the sitcom stuff. But then as the show went on, they got further and further away from all that, and um, it just made me feel like, oh, I don't like this as much as I thought. So I and I feel like I feel like. The highs of Loki were not quite as high as when I first saw the first episode of WandaVision and lost my mind at how how good it was. Mm-hmm. But but the great thing, and I said this similar thing about about Black Widow, but I think it's even more true for Loki, which is it just feels like it's so consistent in its quality. You know, where like it it's you know because WandaVision and Falcon and Winter Soldier and even Black Widow to an extent had sort of ups and downs. Uh, and Loki feels like it was all one piece. It was all put together. They knew what it was doing. You know, it feels like the most fleshed out. Whereas WandaVision had so many ups and downs for me. So did Falcon Winter Soldier. And Black Widow was more consistent, but it wasn't amazing at any point. Whereas Loki was a lot of fun, really great. And, uh, and, and it just felt like it, it knew what it's doing. It knew what it is. It knew what it wants to be. And it's, it's, and it's executing it very well. And so, mm-hmm. you know, there. I don't think there was an episode where I, where I was like so excited, jumping up and down. But, but I was, I it, but I was happier with this overall because it was like, yeah, this, this is consistent. This knows what it's doing. Unlike Wandavision, which gave me a few moments where of blowing my mind, and then everything else was all over the place. This is this right. was really well put together. Just, just yeah. in terms of putting together a, a, a series, this is this is the best, most well put together series that Marvel has has put out. Yeah, you want to you want to go ahead and blow the horn. I don't think there's much else I can say or respond to that without getting into the getting into spoilers. All right, let's do it. Yeah, I w- I was gonna say I think that f- for me the biggest reason that may- maybe this show feels more consistent is that I pretty much loved every single character in it. Like the a- a- Agatha, I had some problems with even though i liked her for the most part and then red-haired girl from falcon and the winter soldier <laughs> i don't even remember her name carly um, morgan she, she, yeah exactly she was she was so horrible she brought the show down a little bit there, there's no one here that brings the show down pretty much every character that we meet along the way elevates it 
That's so true. That's, between, that's a great point. Between Mobius and Sylvie, I mean, those, those are the two that I'm thinking of. And then even the other Lokis we meet in episode five, and then finally Kang the Conqueror. It's Everyone is just killing it in this show. Yeah, yeah, to- totally agree. I mean, um, you know, when when they do the reveal that it's you know it's a it's a female Loki and um, what's her name Sophia uh, Di Martino is that her name? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. So, and she's she's really good, and she's a, she's a lot of fun. And uh, Owen Wilson as Mobius, of course, M- Mobius M. Mobius is the full character's name because of course oh, that's it is. Great. Um, you know, you know, even even um. What's what's her name? Gugu Mbata Raw as Ravana Renslayer, like the judge. Mm-hmm. Remember, like she, yeah. like she was great. Yeah, everyone in this show is is a lot of fun, and uh, y- you just you just enjoy you enjoy all the characters. There's never there's never a character where you're like, oh, this guy, I'm not really into him. No, you you like all of them. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And that you, you they they all have such clear goals and motives. Which is what I really enjoyed about it. Everyone, everyone has an everyone has an arc, and it's a very satisfying arc at the end of the day. And also, also like arcs that aren't yet finished. You know, I mean, I'm sort of getting to the end of it now, but there's there's arcs that we're just in the middle of, but still feel like for this season had a good conclusion, a good stopping point. Yeah. So that that's that's the other thing that's um that was really kind of a relief is that there's going to be a season two. Yeah, when when I said I was uh, upset about the beginning at first, or uh, upset about the ending a little bit, that I I'd be upset still if there wasn't going to be a second season of this show. But the fact that there is changes things because we did not get the closure that we wanted. Right, and that's kind of what makes it feel like again like a regular TV show and not just another piece of the Marvel puzzle that you you have to watch in order to in order to keep up. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it was, it was interesting today. I was actually, I was at work and I was wearing my, I got, I got online. You saw it, the variant t-shirt. Oh yeah. And, uh, and the UPS guy walks in to deliver a package or something. And uh, he hands me the package and I sign the thing. And as he's walking away, he goes, so you're a variant too. <laughs> and two, I like and that. I, and I, and I laughed and I was like, oh yeah. And he, 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 and uh, I think I said like, you watching that show. He goes, oh, watch the whole thing. Loved it. <laughs> Yeah, everyone's loving this show. So I thought that was interesting that like, oh yeah, like it's not just like, you know, me and my friends who are watching it. Like, yeah, people are watching it because it's, it's really good. Um, mm-hmm. Let's see. I'm trying to, th- I'm trying to think about like the, the, the show starts with, they're trying to chase down another Loki. They figure out, they find out it's the female Loki. The whole, uh, this is uh, one thing I thought was so clever and maybe felt a little bit Doctor Who. It's like the whole hiding in 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 uh, apocalypses thing. Oh my god, that was so clever! So clever. Um, yeah, and then and like another thing I'll I'll say is like the way the show looks, I thought was very. I I just I love the set design. I love the colors. Like I love that the whole thing looks like an episode of Mad Men, or it looks like nineteen seventies. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's it's um. You know, it's an it's such an interesting choice for you know to because you would think that like oh if they're you know all knowing beings about time and everything when you know it, it almost is like your first instinct is to 
make everything look as futuristic as possible, and they didn't do that. They made everything look like the 70s, which I think I just think is cool. Yeah, the TVA looks as boring as it should. <laughs> it just just this very brown and gray shades of color and the most boring corporate environment you could imagine working in. And these people doing really boring jobs, what it seems like. They're, they're working desk jobs. Well, yeah, that's that's the thing. It's like the TVA is like is like it's almost like they just they just do like maintenance. We just like do maintenance on the timeline. It's not interesting. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. that's almost like their own internal attitude about. It. <laughs> yeah, um, we use the we use these things as paperweights. Yeah, what was that again? <laughs> that was the Infinity Stones. That's right. That's right. He looks at the Infinity Stones and there's like a bunch of them sitting there, <laughs> and he's like, "Oh, so these aren't even aren't these aren't even that big of a deal to these people." Which, which is a a great way of saying we're done with this. There's not going to be any more Infinity Stones. They're not coming back. We finished this. We're done. Moving you on. You know what, Matt? That is a great point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, the show was shot by. Um, I, I guess I guess I should say. I mean, the, the show was written by Michael Waldron, or, or at least was the head writer. Directed by Kate Heron. Uh, shot by Autumn Autumn Durald. Um and. Uh, um, I, I noticed on her IMDb, she's also filming. Uh, she's gonna also going to be the DP on Black Panther: Wakanda Forever, like the Black Panther Wakanda TV series. Yeah, um, which is which I like because I liked a lot of the shots. I like the way it looked. I like a lot of the color. like when they're when they're sitting on the planet, uh, Loki and Sylvie, like things mm-hmm. like, like like all the colors and the lights and things look purple. Like I love I love purple on TV, and I feel like it's a color that does not get used a lot. So I love. I love whenever there's like a lot of purple lights. I just think it looks cool. Um, yeah, no, I like that. Planet and even a lot. even like that planet where like it, everything like glows in the dark, and it's like a lot of neon and stuff. Like it's it's just cool. Like it, uh, yeah, the set the set design and, and and the lighting and everything. I thought was I thought was really really great. Um, also, the music of the show by by Natalie Holt did the music was uh, oh yeah, music was fantastic. Yeah, like they're like I didn't I didn't realize till today you can get the music on like streamings on like Spotify, Apple Music. You can oh, get yeah, you can yeah. get the soundtrack and people like listen to it. Yeah, it's it's the kind of music where if if you just put it on shuffle with all the other Marvel shows or Mar- Marvel soundtracks and everything, you could immediately tell when something from Loki comes on. It's so unique. Right, it would absolutely stand out. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's really cool. Yeah, there's 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 a lot about this show that is that they're doing a really a really good job with. Yeah, I was it just just sort of occurred to me. It sort of feels like a a fantasy soundtrack, you know, like they're on this grand fantasy adventure. Hmm. I'd ha- I'd have to listen to it more. But also futuristic at times too. Depends on what they're doing in the show, I guess. But yeah, yeah, I might. I this is this is one. I very rarely do this, but I might actually like just listen to the soundtrack a little bit of this show yeah. and just get a feel for it, um, which I don't normally do for movies and TV. Some people do, but I don't usually do it. But this, I'm, I'm, people are hyping up the music so much. Not since Watchmen. Yeah, that's true. That's true, actually. That is a great point. I really like, I really, well, I mean, I like Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. I mean, I think I think their score for The Social Network is so good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, that is a film sc- score uh, soundtrack that I've listened to multiple times. <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> um yeah so then then we get the nexus event uh oh the whole time loop with with lady sif 
to, oh, yeah, to like fantastic. beat him down like what what better way to like push character development is like we're just gonna have him <laughs> right. beat up over and over again until he like apologizes right. <laughs> Wait, did they is she coming back is she cast in thor love and thunder i thought i may have heard that i th- i think i heard that as well um but i don't i don't know with certainty yeah it's a good way of reminding people that she exists yeah and it was also just a fun fun cameo mm-hmm. yeah because she hasn't been in anything since um <laughs> thor the dark world <laughs> she hasn't been in anything in eight years god it's am- <laughs> it's amazing they can bring back characters that haven't been in anything in almost a decade and we still remember exactly who they are i mean i don't i'm not trying to put down uh her as an actress i'm sure she's been in other stuff but um i well, she she was also in agents of shield i don't remember if that was before or after the dark world though yeah um it looks like uh, according to deadline sif returns to the mcu jamie alexander to reprise role in thor love and thunder so there you go very cool yeah i like her yeah she's cool she's fun she's a badass kind of like sylvie I like I like characters who are just badasses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Her her story is really neat. Loki's not much of a badass, but he's fun, so I'll, I'll allow yeah, it. Yeah, no, he's not a bad. <laughs> he's he's the one learning everything. Right, in the show, right. <laughs> it's it's crazy that S- Sylvie has been doing this for like twenty years. She's been hiding in apocalypses. It must be because she gets taken away at the age of like what eight nine or ten or something like that and then she she's she's a grown adult by the end of it or by the time we meet her yeah so she's probably like a few hundred years old when she gets taken and then like i don't know a couple thousand years old by the time we finally catch up with her right you gotta remember how they age they're asgardian yeah yeah exactly (laughs) but whatever (laughs) just think of how long she's been doing this right avoiding and killing all these these what are they the hunters the people that the tva uh, agents whatever they're called yeah the tva agents that end the timeline or re, re, reboot the timeline and she's constantly fighting them and killing them and getting their temp pads and everything or charges whatever and then finally she gets to do it and then it blows up in her face because of loki but right well that was that was what i really liked about um the last episode which maybe we should we should get to um because the last episode is where they meet kang the conqueror although mm-hmm. he's not called kang the conqueror he's called he who remains right because um, he's not really a conqueror this version of him well he sort of has already done the conquering hasn't he because yeah. he says like there were you there used to be it it was that there were like all these different versions of me and not every version of me was good. A lot of them were assholes. And so I've just I've just made the good version of the timeline. You know, um, it's it's sort of interesting. I think I think it was Jason Snell pointed this out. Like like we're seeing we're sort of seeing him like at like the end of his life. Like like we're seeing him mm-hmm. when he dies. Right. So we're seeing a, a version of him that's like already done all the stuff that he wanted to do he he made the timeline he fixed the timeline to be exactly the way he wanted it where he rules everything and he's the guy in charge you know what i mean you know what i mean like if you're someone who likes to play with time and you like to put you know put together timelines and stuff wouldn't you put together a timeline where you're the guy in charge of it all you know and so now 
that version of him is gone. So now we're probably going to see versions of him pop up that, one, are more of an asshole. And two, he's, I'm assuming, maybe trying to put together this timeline. It's an interesting reversal where it's like we've just seen the end of his life. We've seen him die. So now we're going to see what his life was like when he was trying to take over all the timelines and build the perfect timeline where he's in charge. Now now we're going to mm-hmm. get to see that. Which is yeah. which is going to be interesting going forward. Again, the show is setting up stuff for future Marvel stuff, but also it doesn't feel like it, but also it's doing its own thing. It's really yeah. good. Yeah, and it's it's like he says when he's talking to the two of them at the end, and he's like, "Well, I'm I'm pretty much bored. I've done everything I can do <laughs> in this role, and so I'm just want you guys to take over. And if you guys kill me, then I'm just going to end up back here anyways. So who cares?" I, I I love his attitude towards the whole thing and how how he's he's so excited no matter what the outcome is. Right, cuz he's like another version of me will come along and I'll just do it all over again. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Um yeah, so it it'll be interesting to see um season 2. The thing I'm curious about is when will season 2 happen? Because it almost feels like Shouldn't they let some of the other Marvel projects unfold first before they start putting together a season two so that season two can be sort of informed by what's been going on in the multiverse in general? You know what I mean? Well, I think that'll definitely be uh, Spider-Man No Way Home and Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Yeah, I imagine those have to come out before Loki season two so that we can— Oh, yeah, I mean— Doctor Strange comes out in like March of next year, so that's right. I for, I forget how how close some of these things are in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I don't think we'd get Loki two until sometime late next year at the earliest. Yeah, yeah. Probably. What year are we in? Twenty twenty one. Probably twenty twenty three, twenty twenty four. Some somewhere around there. Which is yeah, fine. I mean, I mean, I'm fine with. Like, hey, take your time to put together the story you want to tell and do it the way you want it. Yeah, there's, there's plenty more in the meantime. But you you know this guy, he's already cast in other Marvel stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, no, he's Kane the Conqueror. He's going to be in, like, Ant-Man, Quantum, what is it, whatever, Ant-Man Quantum. Mm-hmm. The interesting thing is that he said in um, in the in the making of, um, uh, I forget the actor's name, Jonathan Majors, is that right? Yeah, yeah, that's him. Um, one of the things he said is like, yeah, this is this is like one version of King the Conqueror, King the Conqueror, but you know, not every version is going to be exactly like that. They're, you know, and it seemed like to me like he was sort of hinting like the different variants of Kang have like sort of different personalities, or he's gonna he's gonna play each variant of that character differently, which will be yeah, really that's interesting. A, that's what I would expect. Yeah, it'll it'll be I mean, interesting. That, that's why. That's why it's such a cool idea for a villain. Right. He can he can come from all these different timelines, and there could be five of him, and it's five completely different characters, basically. And part, a part of me wonders if that would get a little bit old, just seeing, like, oh, here he is again. It's the same actor, and it's, it's a different character, but I'm getting a little bit bored of seeing this again. That, that, that could happen, but I think mostly I'm just excited for how weird and cool that idea could be. So I'm 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 pretty optimistic about this, and pe- people are saying this is a this is a good follow up to to Thanos, and I think I think I agree. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, something, I, something that something that can mess with this universe and be the big bad for multiple phases. Right, and it it goes back to the thing that I said, you know, months ago, which is like the last saga was the Infinity Saga. Maybe this next saga is the Multiverse Saga, and if that's mm. what they're doing or something like it, um, yeah, this is a good this is a good villain to have. I also liked he talked about like his inspirations. They talked about their inspirations for the show, and obviously, the Wizard of Oz is a big one, man behind the curtain type of thing. Yeah, yeah. but one of the things he also said was. Uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Hmm. And I thought that was such a brilliant uh, thing to take inspiration from of like, yeah, I guess he is sort of like a Willy Wonka. Like he controls everything. He's eccentric. He's weird. You know, I mean, he's like jumping on the table and stuff. You know, like all of his clothes are from like different time periods. Like he's a weirdo. He's out of his mind. Um, So I, I already like where like his mind is with the character i like their ideas for the character i'm interested to see will he come back for season two or is it like as it as a different variant i'm I'm just Mm -hmm. i'm so interested in all this yeah no it's it's gonna be crazy i i i just love the the dilemma that loki and sylvie go through in that final episode and watching the show there's there are so many points where Loki and Sylvia are talking. It's like, no, but I'm you and we're, we're the same and everything. And then they had this huge dilemma, this, this awful decision between Sylvie fulfilling her goal and killing the person who's been in charge and pulling the strings for her entire existence, the person she's trying to get revenge from. And she has to choose between killing that person or possibly sending the entire world into multiversal panic basically and she has to choose between those two things and the moment that she does she pushes loki through the window and says but i'm not you and kills the guy oh god it was it was so poetic i thought it was brilliant yeah i i totally agree i mean it was it was a cool sort of fight scene because it was it showed that even though sylvie is like a loki variant she's not exactly like him you know they they do see things a little bit differently and they do have different life experience you know our loki sort of has the ability to be redeemed and can grow and change a little bit more you know um Mm -hmm. as we've seen twice now in different ways whereas sylvie is much more hardened and has some you know uh more armor built up around her sort you know she's she can't trust anyone you know so she's like i'm just gonna kill this good reason Mm mm-hmm Right, it makes sense, and I like that their final. Um, I like that after getting the two of them sort of on the same page, on the same side for so long, the final fight scene is sort of between the two Lokis, Loki and Sylvie, and yeah. it's not just a fight scene; it's also like sort of a conversation, and right. they just it's they, barely a fight. Yeah, and they just have like a genuine disagreement. It's basically a fight because Sylvie's trying to trying to kill Kang and Loki's trying to stop her. So it has to be a fight, <laughs> but, yeah. but it's, but he, it's almost like he doesn't want it to be, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He wants to, he wants to talk it out. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it's such a, it's such a good dilemma because if they, if they choose to not kill this guy, then he has to, they have to take his job over, which is the exact thing they've been fighting against this whole time and believe is so immoral. But it's, do, they, do they assume that role or do they kill him and just 
welcome whatever whatever it is to follow whatever whatever chaos ensues and unfortunately they don't come to an agreement she just makes the decision for them right yeah so it'll be interesting to see what happens in season two especially because at the end he's in a different timeline <laughs> right he gets he gets kicked out back to a different timeline where where he doesn't he doesn't know Owen Wilson anymore. That part is so confusing. I mean, it's, it's confusing, but but like it's going to be explained. I'm not I'm not worried about it. It's just like holy crap! What, where is he now? Like you you would think if anything is immune from different timelines, it would be the TVA itself. Like the TVA would just react to things. I, I guess that saying. happen. Yeah, but no, even even the TVA is all screwed up now. So shit went down. <laughs> Shit did, in fact, go down. It's a great point. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that 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 was heartbreaking at the end. Who are you? What what unit are you from? <laughs> How oh, many times God. have you watched this show? <laughs> twice. Well, I've seen I've seen every episode three times, and I've seen the finale twice. Wow. Okay. I didn't. I I've, I only watched uh, every episode once. So. Oh yeah. I'm very impressed with your ability. I was I was going to be very impressed with your ability to remember all these lines verbatim, but now you're just you got a leg up on me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I re- I rewatch every episode the day the next one drops. Like I, I rewatch one the day two drops. Really? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, I've got I've got time. Maybe I'll start doing that. Maybe I'll do that with what if when what if drops. <laughs> yeah, that'll be necessary. <laughs> Who knows, honestly? Because that shows canon now. I guess they're all different timelines. <laughs> right. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> Did you see the rumor that they're going to have Marvel's going to do more animated shows? No, I didn't. This this was a rumor based on like a LinkedIn post where someone was like, "Yeah, here at Marvel Studios, we're looking for some more animation people." Hmm. You know, to That's to cool. deal with our many animation projects that are in the works, something like that. So, who's, we'll see if anything comes of that, who knows. But Yeah interesting i'm all for it oh i forgot throg was in this yeah throg yeah can we can we talk about episode five voiced by chris hemsworth <laughs> that's awesome good for him <laughs> yeah what yeah so episode five this was the one where they're in the void episode five yeah. journey into mystery and mm-hmm. they have to they have to fight the uh a i or a or a aliath thank you they have to fight that. Yeah. Oh, this and this is where we got Richard E. Grant as classic Loki, and Alligator Loki, and Kid Loki. Yeah. President Loki. All all the Lokis. All the all the Everyone's great Lokis. Here. Yeah. No, I th- I think this is the best episode of Marvel TV. I, I this is my favorite <laughs> episode of the show. It's so good to me. It's so it's so weird. You can. <laughs> It's it, they're they're doing the exact right things when Loki Loki's just calling out how crazy everything is. He's like, and there's an alligator, which <laughs> crazy enough to me isn't even the part that's most crazy right now. <laughs> I'm just realizing that it's it's so weird, and all their stories are so interesting, and you learn so much about all the different multiverses, all the different versions of Loki, and then all the cool Easter eggs in it. The Lyoth is really cool looking, and then. Loki and Sylvie meet up again. They have the heartfelt goodbye with Mobius, which was very sad. And then, and then they fight. They, they what? They possess the Lyoth, but it's not going well. And so Richard E. Grant shows up, and he does this incredible, 
incredible performance where he creates Asgard and distracts the lion. It looked so cool. Oh my god, I couldn't believe it. And this thing is taking down Asgard, and then they then they finally possess it. Oh god, I loved it. I just adored this episode. Yeah, I, I, God, you're making me want to go back and rewatch it now. <laughs> yeah, it, it it was it was really good. I I heard someone ask um, Kate Heron, uh, the director, like, so is, do you think maybe there's a way that classic Loki could come back and, and you know? And she was like, I, I guess anything's possible, but I like specifically spoke to the VFX team. Like, can we make sure we have a skeleton. I want to know that he's dead. I want to really see. Right, she was like in right. my mind he's dead because because it sort of gives him like a mini character arc right of like oh, yeah i'm not gonna i don't care i'm out i'm only in this for me like a loki is you know all the way to okay you know what i'll sacrifice myself and i'll put myself in the line i'll take the risk so that they can get to the bottom of this it was very, it was very cool i always glorious I always, purpose yeah i always like when um even like side characters or or secondary or tertiary characters get their own like mini character arcs you know like i i'm all i'm i'm always impressed uh in captain america civil war that even even black panther gets his own arc like the movie's not really about him but he even gets his own arc and i always appreciate that it's like they're going the extra step again just talking about how this show is doing a good job and and all the care you like all the characters and you're rooting for all the characters because it's like the the writers are you know doing their jobs (laughs) and giving every character their own little journey to go on this is this is mm-hmm. this is good tv <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah no it's great it actually you know what actually now that i'm saying this out loud you never saw that show sex education right no uh good show great show but the thing that that the thing i always say about that show the thing i love about sex education is every character starts off as like Oh, I know this stereotype. I know exactly who this person is. Okay, this is just this is the blank character who's like this, and I know that whatever. And then the writers do their jobs, and they make every character unique, and they make every character sympathetic, and they and like, and you care about each and every character in the show. And there's never, there's not like, oh, that character, that's the that's the bad guy, that's the jerk. He's like the jock who picks on it, like. They have the character you think is that, and then they and then they show you his life, and they're like, "Oh, I now I like him," you know. And like, it's and Kate Heron directed I think four episodes of Sex Education, hmm, and then interesting. and then came to Loki. So I I see something similar there, and now I'm I'm just sort of talking it out. This is what I like about talking about this stuff with you is like talking it out and putting these pieces together. That like I wonder if she learned some of that stuff of like yeah, we have to make every character sympathetic, we have to make every character kind of have their own art. I wonder if she learned some of that from Sex Ed because it, it, it yeah. they do a really good job with it in this show. Yeah, probably. You know, everyone has a very clearly defined arc. And I, I, speaking of mini arcs, Loki goes through a whole mini arc in episode one. And that's not even that's not even his full arc in the show, right? Right. What did you think about um, uh, episode one, where where it's basically? <laughs> I think I think they said in the behind the scenes it's it's thirty pages of just Tom Hiddleston and Owen Wilson talking. <laughs> yeah, no, I thought it was I thought it was fantastic. Every, everything they they said was so interesting. I mean, first of all, they're hilarious on screen together. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. And you can tell that like, they really get along well too. Yeah. Yeah. And I, my, my, my favorite part of episode one is they're, they're, they're going through the footage. They're like, (laughs) 
<laughs> they're like sports coaches rewatching footage and analyzing it. And and Owen Wilson is like, you know, I, you're the god of mischief. I don't see anything mischievous here. You're really enjoying this. And then, and Loki talks about how it's all it's all a trick. It's all a facade because he doesn't want to get hurt. Whatever 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 it is he says. And it's a, it's a it's a great analysis of the entire character. Right. I, I, I just, I love the moment when Owen Wilson's like, you were D.B. Cooper, you're D.B. Cooper. I know. That was fantastic. <laughs> that's such a great, that's such a great little thing that's like, you didn't have to add that in. You didn't have to do that, right. but you did it. <laughs> right. And I love it. You did it. that for us. I, right. I love that you did it. Um, yeah, I love, I, I, that's all, that's always fun to me when like a sci-fi show, especially one that deals with time travel and stuff, can explain like, famous mysteries in our world they can explain it with um you know th- their own characters oh well this weird thing that happened and they never found the body well it's because they were a time traveler and here they are and our- i always think that's fun when sci-fi shows do stuff like that doctor who does stuff like that too mm-hmm. uh yeah. you know I-, I always think of the silence um you know with the moon landing you know what i'm talking about uh forget it yeah i think so. it's been a it's been a long time <laughs> yeah but, but I always, I always think season stuff like six. That. I think so. Yeah. 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 But yeah, I always, I always think stuff like that is is fun because it's like when when you're when you have a show that does that deals with time travel, like there are ways to make that feel uh, more believable, or d- it's just fun Easter eggs that you can add in. And like again, th- th- like I feel like I sometimes keep going back to this, like this argument of like this is why sci-fi is fun, and this is the things you can do with sci, like because there are so many people who are just. So many like normie people who are just totally closed off to like sci-fi and fantasy TV shows and movies and stuff. And the reason I love it is because of stuff – you can do stuff like that. I mean this is an example of like just doing stuff for fun, you know. Um, But like, you know, whether it's like Endgame where no other movie – or like very few other movies you can have a character go talk to their father and like get – give their own father advice you know it's like back to the future you know you very rarely get to do that in a movie that's a very you know or something like this where it's like well we can just have fun where it's like hey you know that famous mystery well why don't we take you know 30 seconds and explain it away in our in our show because it shows that the character is mischievous a little bit even though he is enjoying it and it's a fun easter egg for the audience it's that's cool i think it's i think it's great i love stuff like this yeah, no. Do you know about the uh the what is it? The USS Eldridge that shows up in episode 5 in the void? I I don't. What what is this? So you you know do you remember in all of a sudden something shows up in the void and it's a giant battleship or like some some sort of ship with people on it? Yes, I do remember that. So I I just googled this real quick to figure out exactly. This is like another famous mystery conspiracy theory or something. It's called the Philadelphia experiment was a purported naval military experiment at the Philadelphia Naval Shipyard in Pennsylvania sometime around October 28, 1943, in which USS Eldridge was to be rendered invisible to human observers for a brief period by a cloaking device. Story is considered a hoax. It's like there's no ev- evidence. Obviously, it didn't <laughs> ship didn't become invisible, but that, that's that's why it shows up in the void. <laughs> the ship wasn't supposed to go invisible. Just weird, obscure mysteries like that. Hold on, hold on. What this? It was this was a navy experiment where they were trying to make a ship turn invisible. 
allegedly i don't i don't know if i don't know if that's what the navy was trying to do or if that's what people think the navy was trying to do but that's, that's what wikipedia says okay there's a general lack of evidence for the alleged experiment the person who started the myth admitted that he made up the story and related it to author Morris okay. K. Jessup. Yeah, I've I've googled USS Eldridge Loki and yeah, apparently it's largely considered a hoax because there's no evidence that the navy actually did this. Right. But the story is that uh, a a naval ship just disappeared one day. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, so it's so funny that it ends up in Loki. See, this is what I'm talking about. This is fun. This is this is fun little details that you could, that you can add to the show that in a weird way sort of make it feel more real or make it feel more like it's happening to us or in our universe you know yeah yeah um yeah i, lo- no, I, I love mean, stuff like that there's like a thousand easter eggs in episode five but i would i would love someone to have a, a list of all of them oh there someone's broken it down I'll, I'll try and find it and send it to you oh, it's really cool please i would love that i mean you know that you know the sphinx in that episode no the, the Sphinx has a nose on it in that episode, which is why it's there. Oh, no kidding. And apparently that's something from – that's something that the Kang the Conqueror tried to use in the comics at one point. Oh, really? I don't know, I don't the, know much the about Sphinx comics. Sphinx and, and he broke the nose? Yeah, hmm. something like that. Hmm. Um, okay, so I googled Loki episode 5 Easter eggs and I got a BuzzFeed article. Perfect. And apparently – when they're in the TVA, it says Oak Island, Nova Scotia, because it's believed that there is buried treasure there, like the Ark of the Covenant. Hmm. So that's fun. Um, oh, the Avengers Tower. I noticed that. Yep. That was that was kind of obvious. Wasn't the Thanos copter there, too? Yeah, yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> that was the most obvious one. Yeah, because they walk right by it, and it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I lost my mind when, <laughs> okay, you know what, that is a moment where I lost my mind watching Loki <laughs> when the Thanos copter showed up and I was like I out loud, I was like, oh my God. And my roommate yeah. looked at me, he's like, what, what, what was the big deal? I'm like, the Thanos copter. He's like, what? I'm like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I remember everyone wanted to see that in Endgame. It's better that we see it here. It, it, it is in a way. Yeah, because it's, it's like, well, the timeline, he didn't have it because it, it wasn't right, but it, it's at the end of the universe. Um, yeah, although in Endgame, his sword does kind of look like the – that's the rumor is that they made, oh, made yeah, yeah. Thanos' sword kind of look like the blades of a helicopter because of yeah. that. Um, and that's the other thing. Don't they say that the, the, the void or wherever this is – it's at like the end of the timeline because yeah, it is. which is such a brilliant idea that like yeah you can't create like uh what, what are they called a, a nexus event you can't create a branch of the timeline here because anything that happens is just the timeline being written right. which is so again so clever yeah no they're very good this show's very good oh yeah you see mjolnir yeah that was that that was they scrolled by that when they scrolled by throg right Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, so this is interesting. I'm just reading. I'm still reading this BuzzFeed article. Sorry. Um, <laughs> when Classic Loki tells the story of how he survived Thanos, uh, Classic Loki calls him the Mad Titan, which is like his nickname from the comics. But it's only the second time he's ever been called that in the MCU. Really? Yeah. Apparently, the first time was in the first Guardians movie, when the the Guardians all get arrested, and someone says like, "Oh yeah." She, Gamora, she's the adopted daughter of the Mad Titan Thanos. 
Mm-hmm. They call him a Titan a couple of times. Well, yeah, because he's from Titan. What did you expect? Is it, what? What is that? A moon? Is that a moon? Right? It's the moon of of, of Jupiter or something? Something? I have no idea. Titan moon. I'm pretty sure it's a moon. Oh, I'm sorry. The lar- it's the largest moon of Saturn. Sorry, not Jupiter. Yeah, come on. <laughs> come on, come on. You you don't know that? You <laughs> right. fucking idiot. Uh, you can see Kid Loki drinking a high C ecto cooler, which was a rare limited edition high C for Ghostbusters marketing from 1984. This show is so cool. That is hilarious. The show is made by people who give a shit. <laughs> yeah, so that was fun. President, you know what was fun about President Loki? Now I'm just now I'm just talking about things I liked about the show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not even a conversation anymore. But you know, know what's fun about President Loki is he really did feel like a different Loki. Like the way Tom Hiddleston plays him. It's like, well, that's not the main Loki, obviously. Oh, yeah. that must, is yeah, it a no, different this, actor or something that they got? This, this, this guy's still an asshole. <laughs> right. <laughs> he's, he's so good at playing both. Yeah, no, he's he's really good. It, one of the things he says in the um, behind the scenes is Owen Wilson once asked him, Tom Hiddleston, what do you like about playing Loki? Not like, what do the fans say? Not like, you know, the universe, but like, what do you personally like about being the character? And Hiddleston's answer was, I like playing Loki because he plays all the keys on the piano. Hmm. That's a great way of putting I it. I thought that was a great line. Yeah, no, that's really good. <laughs> one, one, of my, one of my favorite things I heard about this show is that while, while on set, Tom Hiddleston was constantly explaining Marvel lore to Owen Wilson <laughs> because he had like never seen any of the movies or shows. <laughs> Just so funny to me. Yeah, at one point, at one point, uh, on the assembled documentary, that he he's like he's like they it's part of the MCU. They, you know, they call it the MCU. And Owen Wilson's like, "What? What do you mean? What's that?" And it's like the Marvel Cinematic Universe. <laughs> he's like explaining it. Yeah, it's it's very funny. Owen Wilson is just playing himself in this movie in this show. <laughs> right, right. Plus, plus the hair and mustache. Right, right. Which couldn't couldn't believe that was a wig. He looks great. <laughs> it's a wig. Yeah. Hmm. That yeah, does look really good. <laughs> They're professionals. I was just gonna say one of one of my favorite lines from this show. <laughs> it's so funny every time I see it. Is when Tom Hiddleston is like pouring salt and pepper into Owen Wilson's salad and everything, and talking. And he's like, "You're, you're familiar with Ragnarok, right?" And Owen Wilson goes, "Yeah, the destruction of Asgard and all its people." Sorry about that. And, <laughs> and Loki goes, <laughs> "Loki goes, yes." Very sad because <laughs> he, he has like no idea anything about it. He just knows that it happened. Right, he, it hasn't happened to him yet. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't care. Right. It's very sad. Right. <laughs> um, let me ask you this: What did you think of the? Because uh, I because I, I have a little bit of a criticism or a little bit of a thing I didn't I wasn't totally in love with, which hmm. was the final uh, the final episode where. It basically becomes like a lecture from Kang the Conqueror about how how all this stuff works. What did you think about all that? Uh, yeah, it bothered me a little bit at times because um, it sort of just felt like the whole episode was just people talking, nothing really happening. But I don't know. It was all it was all really interesting too. Yeah, the, 
I, I can't put my finger on exactly what I had a problem with necessarily, but I just, as I was watching it, I sort of felt my attention drifting a bit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not opposed to a, 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 an entire episode of just people talking. I kind of love that a, a, a big budget Marvel Studios show, sort of the finale is people talking for 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the big, I kind of like that idea. Um, it, and, and, of course, one of my favorite movies is The Social Network. The And the entire movie is just people talking in rooms. So... I'm not against this in principle, but it, it just, it was interesting. It was just a lot all at once. And I just sort of felt my attention just drifting away a little bit. And I sort of had to kick myself and be like, no, 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 this is important. He, he's, he's explaining something. Yeah. Um, I will say it, it, it definitely helped that um, Jonathan Majors, the way he played he who remains uh was a lot of fun and oh, yeah. when it sort of started to maybe go on a little bit too long he started getting a little more zany in his in the way he was talking and he jumped on the desk and things you know what i mean so so it sort of held it was it, it was it was actually kind of almost like a, a an example a good example of like the actor taking dialogue as it is written taking taking what's on the page and sort of elevating it with a performance. Because I think oh, yeah. if you got someone to just sit there and say all those things, I I would have tuned out at a certain point. But mm-hmm. he, the way he played it, he brought something to it that kept me wanting to keep watching him to see what he's going to do next. You know what I mean? So yeah, You know what that makes me think of? Hmm. Um, Newman with Jambalaya. Do you know about this? No, I don't, know what, I don't even know what the words you just said. <laughs> You know, you know, in Seinfeld, uh, at the end of the soup Nazi episode, when Newman gets soup and he breathes in the bag and goes, mmm, jambalaya, oh, and runs off screen. Oh, Newman. I misheard you. Of her. Newman on Seinfeld, jambalaya. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> well, because I, I read in, I think it was an AMA or something, someone was asking Jerry about Wayne Knight, and he, he said, like, how is that line written in the show? And he, he said, all the script said was... Newman breathes in and says jambalaya, but, but <laughs> Newman completely or Wayne Knight completely elevates the performance by giving that wacky delivery of the line, which which is which is my comparison to Jonathan Majors and Loki. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I completely agree. I thought it was a very good performance. And as as far as as far as like my mind drifting a little bit, I sort of sort of felt that in a way, and I think it was because I was just so interested in what was going to happen to the Lokis that I cared less about the setup of the multiverse and everything. And in in that moment, at least, and I think I think everyone going into this episode knew that the person they were going to confront in the finale was either going to be another version of Loki or it was going to be Kang the Conqueror ended up being Kang the Conqueror and he has to do his thing to explain for 10 minutes what's going to happen in the next few Marvel projects that come out <laughs> which I, I guess it's it's a little bit necessary that's that's one of the goals of the show um, and I, I get it but I in in the moment I, I sort of agreed with you but watching it back now it's okay I, I, I was sort of in the camp of 
I'd I'd rather the big bad be Loki at the end of it, and he has to fight him a bad version of himself. But then then we wouldn't be getting a season two. If if that was the finale, it would just be a one season mini series, and that that could have worked, and it just just leave it on its own. But what they are planning on doing is still really cool, and the fact that there's a second season makes me a lot happier that there's still more to come from this. Well, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, if this had been a standalone miniseries, you know, I mean, we thought it was going to be a miniseries at first, just the one season. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it had been a totally isolated show on its own, not attached to a, a, a bigger cinematic universe, you would want the big bad at the end to be just another version of himself, the big bad version of Loki that he has to fight and then he wins and then, you know, end of series, right? That's that's what it would be if it was a normal TV show. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that, they, that the guy at the end is, is not Loki, it's Kang the Conqueror, someone who we've never seen <laughs> in the show prior to this. Um, that is what makes you feel like, oh, right, this is just sort of set up for other Marvel stuff. And that's where I think you, you made your point that like, this is why you said you thought you were going to be disappointed with the ending, but it's kind of grown on you, which is like, if this had been a one season, you know, just mini series, one and done type of thing, and and the whole thing ended with a guy I never heard of till the last thirty minutes, and then that's it. it and it's it, this whole thing was just set up for another thing. It kind of would be a little bit of a bummer. They mm-hmm. get away with it because yeah, this is a jumping off point for other stuff in the Marvel universe, but also. They're doing another season. We, we we get to come back to this world. We get to come back to these characters. We get to come back to the TVA and all this stuff. So so in that sense, it's like, well, you know, you're you're in a quote unquote normal TV show. You're kind of allowed to introduce something at the something interesting at the end of a season because mm-hmm. you're going to come back next season and you're going to follow up on that. Yeah. yeah. So in in some ways. Um, this the even just the knowledge that there's a second season makes the ending of the show better. Yeah, definitely. How do we feel about the Loki Sylvie romance? I like it. Uh, they, I think, I think they go well together. I don't, see, I don't see anything wrong with it. Yeah, no, I think it's great. I think it's, I think it's so funny that the person that Loki falls in love with is is another version of himself. It's just perfect for the character. Yeah, I mean, and every, and everyone agrees. Like, yeah, that makes sense. That sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Even Moby at one point is is like, you narcissist, or he says something like that. <laughs> but it makes it makes perfect sense, of course. <laughs> yeah did did you watch a Cosmonaut Variety Hours video on this? I have not. Any good? So he, yeah, it, it's good. He talks about how, like, I guess. I, th- I feel like I've heard a couple people say like, oh, I think it's weird that he's in love with himself. Like something about that wrong- rubs me the wrong way. It's it's immoral or something. Marcus said this? <laughs> no, 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 no. Other people have said this. Mm. I've I've heard people say online or whatever. Mm. And his, his point in the video was like, I've seen people saying this. And first of all, it's not immoral because this is something that could never happen <laughs> in reality. We have We have no means... To measure if this is immoral or not. So shut up. It'll never happen in real life. <laughs> I was like, yes, thank you. That's a great point. That's a good, that's a, that's a good Marcus impression, by the way. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, no, of course. It's, it's, it's a ridiculous thing to be upset about. I know people were calling it self-cessed. 
Y- uh, yes, that's that's what that's what he kept calling it. It was like we, <laughs> there is no such thing as self sass. It can't happen. It's impossible. So who so who cares? Uh, yeah, it, it mean you know, like like I always say, I always <laughs> quote that stupid funny or die skit with Steve Carell. When the woman asks him, like, Steve, how much of The Office is real? And he goes, none of it's real. It's a television show. It's a TV show. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, yeah, that's how I feel about this. It's like, it's like self What These are fictional characters. It's a TV show. <laughs> right, you, you, right. Like, you, you, guys, you guys gotta calm down. The number of times I want to just, like, grab people on the internet through the screen and just be like, relax. Just, just relax go go do something else i know i know find something else better to do <laughs> uh, i I've, I've i don't know about you but i've completely changed how i interact with these shows online afterwards explain recently and like i used to go into the comment sections of like every episode of not just marvel shows but show, shows that i liked when episodes would come out or movies that i liked too but these all all these new Marvel and Star Wars ones, people are just so good at predicting things. And even, even if the predictions aren't right, just having these five ideas of where this could go is less fun to me. It, it feels like it, I'm spoiling myself a little bit. So I, I, I'm just really done with going on the Reddit threads immediately afterwards and letting them letting them tell me all of the nitpicks that they were upset about and all of the predictions that they have because I, I th- just think it's really annoying now. It, it was really bad with WandaVision. I think that's what made me stop. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree. I mean, I touched on this earlier, but I, I've I've pretty much stopped all of that too. And I think part of it is, um, you know, WandaVision did have a lot of that feeling of like, oh, this is leading up to something. This is building to something. This is going to be hugely crazy important and what could it mean and ended up being not super important you know i mean it kind of it does some setup but it's not like every episode and every character and every scene is like vital to what's gonna you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. and and that's what people thought it was gonna be and that show is just is like it's just weird enough and people had like a misunderstanding we all kind of kind of had a misunderstanding i think of like how how important was that show going to be yeah. That it, I think it sort of fueled that online discourse and made it worse. And I feel like Falcon and Winter Soldier didn't have as much of that because it was like, well, we all know where this is going. Falcon becomes Cap- becomes Captain America, you know, so we can mm-hmm. talk a little bit about, you know. And, and with Loki, it did, like we said before, it did such a good job of – not feeling like just another Marvel thing that you have to watch in order to understand what happens next. Um, that I, I didn't feel motive. I didn't feel like, oh, I have to go read now to see like what, you know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. Although by the end of the show, I was more curious about who who is this Kang the Conqueror guy. And that's where yeah, I, yeah. I was like, I'm going to go to some Reddit threads. I'm going to listen to a podcast or whatever where they talk about it. Uh, people who know more about comics, lore and stuff than I do. That's where I want to hear, you know, um, but also, like, you know, I was, I was, I'll say this here because I just thought of it. Like, remember I complained on the last couple Marvel TV series episodes where I said, like, they're breaking episodes at the wrong point. Like, they're breaking yeah, episodes yeah. in order to have a cliffhanger rather than breaking episodes in a place that feels natural. 
Mm-hmm. And I, I felt like they did that a few times with Falcon and Winter Soldier. And I think maybe with WandaVision as well. Although the structure of that show, it means they couldn't really do that as much. But this show, Loki, I didn't feel that at all. It really felt like each episode is its own episode. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? It never felt like... like the way they would end the episodes, it was like, well, I want to see what happens next, but also it felt like, it feels like this is the ending of an episode. You know, like, you know, there's the episode where they introduce everything. There's the episode where they go to Lamentis. There's the episode where they're in the void. There's the episode that's like the, like there were clear episodes. There were clear sections of the, of the thing. Whereas, you know, Falcon and Winter Soldier, for example, maybe could have had that but they chose not to just to sort of keep hype going um at least again that's how i felt i know you didn't really feel that way but that's sort of how i felt about it and i just and i said again like this show feels like a tv show it feels more like a tv show not like it's trying to be a six-hour movie this show feels Mm -hmm. more like a show and i like that because i like shows (laughs) <laughs> I I like movies too, but I want them to they're, they're different. They're just different. Right. I th- I think when watching the show and noticing the endings of episodes, I I started to wonder I was like, "Oh, maybe this is what he means by just episode by episode ending it where it should end." So, I I definitely felt that a little bit. Not not that it bothered me in the past, but I just I understand more what you mean now. Oh, like once I pointed it out, you were sort of looking for <laughs> a little bit or I don't know. I think I think may, maybe just credit to the show, the, they just did a really good job at ending the episodes at the right point. Right. It's very, very natural. The, the episode three one comes to mind where it's, it's, they, they, they miss the plane to get off the planet and mm-hmm. everything is just in like total disaster. It's like, yep, that, that's, that's the end of your episode. You finish, finish the story right there. That's, right. that's everything that's going to happen. Right. Yeah. So I, I thought, um, I thought overall, uh, this was the uh, the best of the of the Marvel series so far. And again, part of that is, like we said, it feels more like just a TV show. And yeah, it's doing stuff that's going to have an impact on the rest of the MCU. But it just feels less forced. It feels more like they're just making a TV show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would I would love to know when they knew they were going to do a second season. Like I would love to know like. Did they break the the first season and the story and just realized at that point we can't do it all this in one season we need to or like I would love to know I would love to know because it because it because there are like there are threads and there are plot lines that that don't get totally resolved by the end of this you know mm-hmm. and I think I, I I just have to imagine they must have they must have planned on a second season while breaking the story. Yeah, I think I think someone told me that originally this was going to be 10 episodes and the big bad at the end was going to be Miss Minutes, but it, that all got changed because of COVID or something along those lines. I'm not not sure how true that is, but it's an interesting idea. But I, I do remember seeing headlines that Feige had said that they had announced some of these shows with second seasons in mind. Mm-hmm. This was maybe a year or so ago. And when I, when I saw that, I was like, well, definitely not WandaVision and definitely not Loki. I guess they mean Falcon and the Winter Soldier. But 
how how wrong I was about that. Loki of all shows is getting the second season. Right. And and you know what? In a way, it's it's having seen the, the, those three now, it's the one I most want a second season for anyway, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cuz it's yeah. it's just fun. Um you mentioned Miss Minutes and boy, that was if that was a fun character voiced oh, by yeah, the incredible Tara Strong. Yeah, that that jump scare at the last episode was great. <laughs> that was that was really fun. How like it, um, it almost became a, a horror movie just for a, a few minutes there. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> turns turns out Miss Minutes knows more than anyone in the TVA. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a lot. That was a lot of fun. Yep. So overall, uh, good show, great show. Any final thoughts? I think we I think we hit everything we wanted to mention, right? Yeah, I think I think I got everything out. I uh, I guess we could just end with: Do you have uh, any any theories? Any Spider-Man, Doctor Strange theories? What what what's going to happen next? Ant-Man, King the Conqueror, Loki season two. Where where do you think this is going? You know, it's a great question. Um, you know, what would be really interesting is if they don't do Loki season two for like five or six years, <laughs> and they and and what wouldn't it be really great if Loki season two was like the end of the multiverse saga where like hmm. the first season kicks it off really in a major way and then the second season or maybe they do multiple maybe they do more than two maybe they, maybe they do three or four and and maybe the final season is like we put the timeline back together we fixed everything everything's good now you know i think that'd be interesting no okay all right forget it <laughs> Yeah. No, no, I, I, I like all, I like all of these ideas. There's just so many different ways they could do this that I, I can't wait to see what they decide. I, I don't know. Did, did they, do they have you hooked again? Are you hooked now on Marvel again? Oh, do they pull right. you back in. Right. Because of my weird relationship with Marvel stuff. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, this, this, this was, this was the thing. I mean, oh, I, I, I had said about, I said about WandaVision, I said about Falcon and Winter Soldier, uh, that those things kind of felt like fan fiction. Like, oh, Endgame mm-hmm. was the ending, but people still want more. So here's some fan fiction for you, but it doesn't really count. And this, this again, and maybe it's just because of where the Loki is being pulled from, you know, it's being pulled from the middle of, you know. I don't know, this feels a little bit less fan fiction-y to me. This feels, um, yeah, this has got me interested again. This is... Uh, you know, I, I still feel like I'm not deeply emotionally invested in everything, but this, but, but knowing that there's going to be more, knowing what this kicks off, and knowing there's going to be more um, of of this particular show, does have me, does have does have me more interested than I thought I would be. I I I, I mean, we all knew Marvel was going to do multiverse stuff. They've been, it's clear they've been playing that for a while. Mm-hmm. And so I've had sort of like a almost like an academic interest in like, well, what does the multiverse look like in the Marvel Universe? You know, not not that I care, not that I'm interested, but I'm curious <laughs> to see how they pull it off. Whereas right. whereas now I'm like, OK, let's now I'm now I'm a little bit I'm a little bit interested in, in a real way, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, I th- I'm I'm I'm. Gonna watch all this stuff anyway. They're gonna. I'm assuming they're gonna grab me again. They're gonna get me back all in again, you yeah. know. But yeah, this was this was probably one of the first things um, since Endgame where I'm like, okay, I'm I'm into this. And again, like the way the MCU started was just like stories that felt like they were they sort of stood on their own, 
building to something bigger. Mm-hmm. And this show feels like, well, it's about Loki. They do such a good job of making you forget that it's that it's building to something bigger that you can kind of just hang with Loki and Mobius and just have a good time. And yeah, we'll we'll get to all the big stuff that it sets up. We'll get to that later, but for now we're just hanging. We don't don't think about what's coming. You don't have to. Just we're just we're just having a good time here. And I'm right. I'm I'm into that. I'm I I like a show where I can come and just hang. I, I I'm into that. Come and just hang. I like that. <laughs> just hanging out with Loki for a little bit. Yeah, that's what I, I mean, if only I could hang out with Loki in real life. That'd be great. Right. You guys would get along so well. I think we'd get along great. I gotta start putting my cosplay together. Yeah, yeah, there you go. President Loki. President President Tyler Loki Evans. <laughs> I'll be ruling over all of you soon.